Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada. And despite the being almost the middle of April, it was almost a snowy Ontario with episode number nine of the Yakking podcast, where we talk about life, business and more. And we bring you tips and ideas for a changing world, a world which is certainly changing at the moment. We have another interesting guest for you today, and first of all, I'd like to welcome my co-host Kathleen onto the show and ask her to introduce our guest. Over to you, Kathleen. Yes, hello everyone. Um, I'm Kathleen Beauvais, and we do have a special guest. In fact, um, this is our second podcast with Stephen McInnes, who is a partner with MyCXO. Welcome, Stephen. And I will hand it off to, uh, to you to tell our viewers and our listeners exactly what you do. Um, well, thank you, and uh, happy to be back, and uh, I think that today's topic, um, from my point of view, being a marketer, is extremely interesting and extremely important, um, and it ties into strategic marketing plans, uh, and what do I do? Well, I act as a fractional um, CMO for organizations that want to um, basically make it to their next level of success. Uh, so they recognize that they're growing or they're uh, trying to overcome some sort of challenge in the market. Um, we just have to look out the window and, and listen to the news to know that many organizations are struggling through that right now. Uh, and essentially what my, uh, myself and my team does is we are available in a less than full-time capacity, so fractional mode where we can come in, we can apply our expertise um, to business um, challenges or opportunities, and we can help organizations get to that next plateau of business where they can in fact afford the role um, that they're looking to, uh, to need in a full-time capacity. So essentially our goal is to help grow companies. Great. That's really good. And you've got a, a wealth of resources and expertise, I know, behind you there, Stephen. And I think it's really topical that someone like you is talking right now. When we discussed uh, the situation and survival a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were talking about how so many companies are in a stage of transition and many have to make a huge change, real pivot. Uh, just to survive. And one of the tools I remember from my business school experience that we used was a SWOT analysis as the starting point for any major change or improvement in strategy. So you tell us about a SWOT, our listeners and viewers, your ideas on how to do a SWOT analysis and what it's all about. Well, absolutely. And uh, I mean, like many things in business, um, a SWOT analysis is a tool. And it's part of a number of tools that fit into a strategy. Um, I, 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 the basic definition of SWOT is strengths, weaknesses, opportunity, and threats. And it's designed in a way that, um, I mean, if you actually build a matrix of it, you have internal and external, and then you have um, basic positive and negative. And, and everything falls into that. Um, but I mean, when you look at a SWOT analysis, it's just one piece of building your strategy. And it is also um, codependent on a number of the other aspects. So I'm just gonna take a moment and list um, kind of the, the things that I look at when we're building out a strategy, <clears throat> excuse me, and then we can come back to the SWOT. So, I mean, the SWOT is part of it. Um, and as you contribute to the SWOT, I mean, 
You also need to figure out what your value proposition is. I mean, what is making you unique in the business? And I mean, when you know that, that helps to build out your SWOT. And conversely, building out your SWOT contributes to figuring out what your um, unique value proposition is. Um, I mean, objectives. You have to know what your business objectives are. Otherwise, it's very difficult to put a framework around both your UVP and your SWOT. Um, you need to validate what your goals are. I mean, uh, you're doing all of this to achieve goals. So, I mean, you also need to use your SWOT in conjunction with under either building out your goals or validating what your goals are. Um, you need, I mean, this is a huge part. This can't be done in a vacuum. You need to understand your customers. So you need to be able to look at either if you're, if you're new to, to, to a market, you need to do some research. You need to talk to the people you think are your customers and value, validate your assumptions. Or you need to look back to your, your existing customers and, and look at what makes them a good customer or conversely, a customer that maybe you regret having brought on board. Um, and you ultimately then you also, once you know all that stuff, you're also looking at your buyer personas. So who are the people within the companies and what do they look like? How do they think? Because you're, you have to align your messaging to them. Um, and all of this is part of your planning process before you get into building out your tactics, your marketing um, plan, your uh, all of the things that are going to actually um, build momentum to make your strategy successful. And of course, the third part, I mean, if you look at planning, implementation, and then there's the evaluation. And that's where you need to look at everything you're doing and continually change it. Quick, quick one, if I can just, sorry, Kathleen, quick one while it's fresh on my mind, Stephen, to jump in. A um, couple of examples, perhaps, for people who not haven't been exposed to a detailed SWOT analysis before. One off the top of my head, in our current situation, uh, the current situation is a huge threat for restaurants, but mm -hmm. it could be a huge, a huge opportunity for um, online delivery, people who deliver online purchases. For instance, there's two totally different businesses. One, one what's happening is good, one bad. Uh, and that's the sort of thing that you will find when you do a SWOT analysis, correct? Um, correct. And that's why a, a SWOT analysis, uh, to, I mean, to be perfectly honest, anything that is strategically related, it's not a one and done. It's something sure. that you, I mean, if there's a major change in your, in your market, um, you need to go back and reflect upon your original um, uh, strategy. Um, and you need Great. to reflect on whether or not it's going to make it through. So, Thanks, Stephen. Kathleen, over to you. <laughs> Thanks, Peter. I was just going to ask, um, so now that, um, you know, why is this important? So it, when listening to you discuss SWOT analysis, we think that this is pertinent to bigger companies and corporations. But in fact, mm -hmm. this is something that even a solopreneur, an entrepreneur would benefit from. Is it, isn't that right? Uh, I mean, strategy is important to everyone, regardless of the size of your organization. Uh, the only difference is the level of complexity. Uh, I mean, and the number of things that you may end up including. Um, within uh, your things, a number of business objectives, a number of business goals. Uh, I mean, realistically, 
every organization, every solopreneur should be thinking and addressing their market first from a strategic standpoint, and then using their strategy, um, drive their tactics. Um, and it's, it's, it's a lot easier when you're, well, sorry, easy is never um, a good reflective term. Uh, when you have a, a larger established organization, more people have contributed to building the strategy. Solopreneurs, we do strategy, but we often just do it in our head. We often don't vet it. We often only look at the things we know we're good at, i.e. the strengths, right? Or, and we're always looking to align our strengths to the opportunities in the marketplace. So what ends up happening is you create a one or two dimensional strategy mm -hmm. as opposed to looking at um, your business within your market holistically. Uh, so that's, that's the biggest challenge. Uh, I mean, if, if anybody is going to a bank uh, looking to um, get some money, a line of credit, um, a loan, um, they're going within part of their business plan that they're going to have to present to the lender. There has to be some strategy in it. Um, so as we grow, we have to start to think strategically and realistically even if we're going to remain a solopreneur our entire life, it's good to look at all sides because when we are in a situation like this, which very few people would have predicted, um, we have to be adaptable. And if we know our, our, if we truly know our strengths, our weaknesses, our opportunities and our threats, it makes it a lot easier to pivot. It makes it a lot easier to come back to that original strategy and look and say, okay, you know what? We had identified this as a, you know, a, a tertiary strength that we really weren't paying attention to. I mean, to your point, Peter, restaurants versus delivery services. Um, if someone had started in, in, I mean, doing a little catering, doing a little um, uh, uh, in the early days, uh, you could have it delivered via a taxi before Uber Eats and DoorDash and everything like that. If they had recognized that, you know, that's a small market, but it really hasn't taken off, but we're good at it. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that gives you the opportunity to go back and go, hey, you know what? Mm -hmm. We really aren't exploiting this. Our market has changed dramatically. This seems to be the way, even though we didn't want to initially get involved in um, the door dashes and skip the dishes of the world. Um, but this is the only way we're going to survive. Right. So what can we do? And maybe it's, it, maybe it's a short term thing where, you know, you have a family member who has a car who just hasn't been doing anything and you take that on yourself and you start to build. I mean, if, if you're good at your business, and if you built rapport with your regular customers and you figured out through social media how to connect with them, you, you can give an outreach, right? It, it can, and you can make an offer and you can say, hey, you know, we, we haven't necessarily been doing this in the past, but we miss you. Right. And we want you to still be able to take um, part of what we're still offering. Hey, we're still open. We just can't let you in our dining room. Mm -hmm. 
That's right. Uh, so it's, it's <clears throat> again, it's easier to pivot if you've thought about it in the past. Yep. You know, another another area where SWOT analysis is really useful for a small business or a, a solopreneur is we, and I include myself, we rarely see our weaknesses until we start putting things down on paper. So mm-hmm. it's the, the textbook case of someone who's good in a certain area. They might be a, an author or really good at creative stuff or sign writing, whatever. And they start a business on their own. They're a one-man show and it ticks along quite nicely. And as soon as they get popular, they don't recognize they have a weakness for administration, invoicing and collecting the money from their customers. And, and in there's so many cases where business is closed purely because the owner has not recognized that weakness and not outsourced it and try to do everything himself or herself and it's fallen apart. So that that's always I've seen as a big benefit of doing that SWOT analysis. Um, I, I know that, I think you have mentioned it, but... Um, I, I'm sure some people will still be a little bit confused between strengths and opportunities. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Well, I mean, that's where if we were to throw up a, um, a chart, mm-hmm. we would be able to see. I mean, strengths are internally focused. Right. Opportunities are externally focused. And then on the other side of it, you've got um, weaknesses and threats, which again, weaknesses are internal and threats are external. So what's happening in the market today with um, basically um, the world reacting to the pandemic situation, I mean, that's a threat, right? Um, A weakness would be um, being established in an organization that was bricks and mortar and required everybody to come to the office to be able to do their work. In today's environment, that's that's not only just a weakness. I mean, that's a debilitating weakness. Absolutely. Uh, so if that's a, or strengths, right? I mean, you've got a uh, um, uh, uh, an experienced team of individuals with you know decades of expertise, and you look at the market and you say there are companies going through a transition um, with the change in the economy, with the change in um, the the workforce where we've got boomers leaving the market and you go, hey, you know what? I've got people with expertise that I can align to companies that need it. So there's a huge opportunity. Sure. And again, it's it's whether you're looking inwardly or outwardly. Or outwardly. <clears throat> That's right. And again, back in the current situation, it's not going to the same stay the same as it is today forever. We hope for not too long, but it almost certainly won't get back to the way it was last year, ever. So big changes. Kathleen, you wanted to ask Stephen something, I know. Right. So Stephen, now that you have the SWOT analysis done mm-hmm. and you have all that behind you, what is the next step then for business? Um, well, I mean, a SWOT, a, a, and so again, coming back to the fact that there are a lot of interdependent aspects of a, mar- of a marketing strategy. Um, it's, there are things that have to run almost simultaneously of which SWAT is one of them, right? So, I mean, you you realistically, when you start a SWOT analysis, you want to look externally first, right? You, you don't want to be um, overly reflective and navel-gazing in the beginning. So, you, you, you want to um, you want to be able to build that out. And, and the information that you're collecting in your SWOT analysis, particularly the strengths versus the opportunities, 
that is going to contribute to your value proposition, right? You're going to create a value proposition that um, essentially you hope is unique to your organization. Um, uh, I mean, many people refer to it as the secret sauce, right? Mm -hmm. It's the thing that makes you different, makes you sustainable, makes your organization unique and providing that extra value to your customers. So I mean, while you're building out your SWOT analysis, there are elements of that that are going to contribute to your um, value proposition. Um, I mean, you also want to be building out what your, your strategic objectives are, right? And, and you, you need to frame that. And I mean, as you are thinking about your strengths and your weaknesses and your opportunities and your threats, and going through that analysis, you need to align that and against what your marketing goals are, what your strategic marketing goals are. So you actually, you actually through the process, you're also going to be building out your goals. I mean, they may already exist, in which case you need to validate your goals. Uh, and, and of course, you need to validate your product. And, and, and again, I mean, we kind of highlighted on how some products, and, and I mean, the, the most obvious is how is the restaurant industry, how heavily it's been impacted. Um, you have to look at what your product is. I mean, and there's an element of that, that, I mean, their entire business model has changed where it was a huge dimension to me about restaurants were not the food. It was the environment. Well, mm -hmm. if yep. you were focused on creating a great environment as well as delivering great food, uh, you can't deliver that experience anymore. So you have to you have to find something else, right? So yeah. your product has changed. How are you going to take that forward until it changes back? Or how are you going to take it forward and reinvent yourself such that it doesn't matter if it changes back? Absolutely. I, I think there's something really important for a lot of people don't get right. And that is the word value in value proposition. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen many cases in the past of people coming up with what they think is a brilliant idea. They have the skills to deliver the idea. They very often have some internal strengths to make it happen, but they don't spend enough time testing that their, their idea of value is the same as their potential customers. And exactly. you know, the old story, build a, the best, well, a variation of the old story, build the best mousetrap in the world. But if the cats have got all the mice, then it's not going to do too well. So <laughs> I think that's really important to test test your, your theory, test your hypothesis that what you believe is value, your customers also believe is value. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's a very good point where um, – and, and part of this process as well, as I highlighted earlier, is you need to understand your customers and you have to, you can't do that in a vacuum. No. Um, and um, another thing that as part of building out a, a good SWOT analysis, um, what I find companies who build out successful SWOT analysis, um, they create what's known as a red team. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of, of using a red team, but basically you take team members and they basically become your competitors. So they are there to think through everything that you're doing, but from the mindset of the competitor. And, and they're there to challenge everything and basically try to, uh, I mean, it's a lot like a straw man. You're, you're really looking at trying to disprove everything that the 
blue team has come up with. Yep. And yeah. that's, I mean, that also is um, uh, important for solopreneurs where, I mean, you are, you are <laughs> the, an army of one. Um, there is no such thing, right? You cannot do strategy by yourself. You have to involve others, uh, friends, neighbors, um, former coworkers, uh, people on LinkedIn, join a peer-to-peer group. You need to get feedback. You need to get feedback of customers. You need to get feedback of people who might be customers. Um, because what we every time we look at our own ideas, we're looking through a lens, and it's our own subjective Absolutely. lens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I mean, uh, to your point, you can have the best in your mind, the best product that solves a, um, a problem that you perceive. But if no one else perceives that what you've designed is in fact a problem, it doesn't right. matter. And there's, there's another side to this that again, and I've done this myself and many people make this mistake is they get scared about pricing their product at the correct value or their service at the correct value. Mm-hmm. And it's the, it's the other way around from what we've just been talking about. They don't see enough value in their own product, but if they do their research properly, they might find that the market values it much higher than they do. And that there's countless examples of that too. The Rolls Royce syndrome, if you like. Yeah. No. And, and again, an excellent point. I mean, if we haven't tested the market, what we think is expensive in our own mind because of our own bias may in fact be ridiculously cheap, right? Yep. So it's, uh, yes, value only exists in the mind of the customer. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so, I mean, we may, what we perceive as value is only based on our own paradigm. Yep. Um, yep. And we have to, I mean, when it comes to, product placement, pricing, all of those, um, you need to be able to talk to people who are going to use it, who are using it, who, um, who require it, who need it, um, to get their input, to validate what you think to be true. Uh, because everything that we put into a plan, unless we've talked to people outside our own circles, is merely our perception. That- Stephen, if our viewers and listeners want to reach out, how do they how do they do that? Well, they can check out um, is ca, um, or can connect with me LinkedIn. Um, send me a message there. So just look for Stephen with the PH McInnes on LinkedIn, um, or you can send me an email at s two at mycxo.ca. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we'll leave it there. Thank you all, and we will see you next time. Bye bye.